Making those final arrangements after the death of a loved one is never easy, hampered even more by the trauma and cloud of grief. Randy with Stokes, Proc and Munt and the Cremation Society tells us funeral directors are experienced and their goal is to facilitate your healing. Because when there's a death, it's traumatic to most people. So we're dealing with their acute grief. One of our roles is to comfort them and, you know, and give them order where there's disorder because they don't know what to do. They're in shock, they're numb, and they need somebody to lead them down the right path. And for the most part, that's what funeral directors do or try to do. Sometimes people know what they want, but they don't always know what they need. And that's us to give them options. Randy and the folks at Stokes, Proc, and Munt, along with the Cremation Society, are available to answer any of your questions, including pre-planning your arrangements. Check them out online and on social media. Hello, everyone. Talk of the Town is up and running in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, USA. I'm Scott Montesano, and this is where the Chippewa Valley comes to talk. Hope everyone has an outstanding Independence Day, an Independence Day weekend, and for many people, an Independence Day week off next week. That includes us as well, no shows next week, but of course, a lot of great programs here at Eau Claire Hometown Media, all 100% locally done. Make sure you check them all out. Uh, while we do not have our shows next week, we got Bankers with a Beer. We've got Dose of Dogs. We have uh, the Quick Serve Podcast from Toyson. And if you haven't heard the Quick Serve Podcast, you want to check that out. Small snippets of shows, 7 to 10 minutes in length. They're a lot of fun to listen to. You don't have to like cars or be deep in the cars to, to want to listen to these. It's not a, it's not a lot of car talk. Uh, you're going to want to check out uh, that program, all of it at Eau Claire Hometown Media. Well, again, lots of stuff to get to today. We're going to talk about, uh, you want to talk about a father-son relationship that nearly blew up. <laughs> a, a story that's not all that funny, uh, but one that uh, we'll talk about because it's one of those odd stories. Uh, we'll talk about uh, somebody on the fringes of locality, if you will. Uh, going to the Olympics, uh, we got a few other things to get to today. Want to get to a lot of things, but we'll start off with this. So the so Sunday is July fourth, and I wonder around town. Not that this is a big controversy thing, and I say it with with a smile on my face. We've talked about it here. It's been public knowledge for at least a couple of months. The fact that there will not be fireworks this year at Carson Park and kind of a reminder for everybody that things aren't quite normal yet. They're not quite at the level of normalcy that we want. Fireworks will not be at Carson Park this year. I have a feeling there are a number of people who, even people that know that there will not be fireworks at Carson Park, they haven't felt the disappointment yet. And the disappointment will hit them more when Sunday comes. Again, I'm not saying people are going to go to Carson Park on Sunday and be stunned to find out that there aren't any fireworks. They're not going to be like, what? 
But I do think it hasn't set in yet. Take Step aside from that for a moment. I do think you're going to have people show up to Carson Park, a few that are going to be like, what do you mean there's no fireworks this year at Carson Park? And they're going to be shot off in Plank Hill again. But I do think the majority of people in the area, and even those who aren't 100% sure right now are finding out that the fireworks are not going to be shot off at Carson Park. I think there's going to be disappointment. I And there's going to be people that are going to take shots at the city council for the decision and, and what have you. Um, but, uh, yeah, no fireworks this year at, uh, at Carson Park. And uh, as, as we said when the decision was made, and uh, and I and I stand by it. I'm okay with the decision being made because I, I know people don't like this, but the optics don't look good. I don't think we're quite at a point yet where the city council, a city government, can actively promote bringing thousands upon thousands of people together. I don't think they're they're quite at that stage yet where they can really justify that when you look at vaccination rates and and all of and all of that. It is a messy topic though. The sh the fireworks being shot off from Plank Hill are not as good as the ones from Carson Park. We we knew that last year. And it's something that we all accepted last year because of the circumstance. This year it, it is a little frustrating because the fireworks just aren't as good. They're not as good. Uh you can't see them. Uh, we were, I remember last year, we, we took up a spot kind of on Claremont Ave, uh, Rudolph and Claremont Ave at that intersection, and we could see maybe 60% of the show, 60% from there. There were some, there were some people, I know on the north, on kind of the north side of Plank Hill, the other side of downtown, they had a great view of it. There were some people that preferred the fireworks from Plank Hill because they had a great view from their home. But the viewability, even on that little map that the city sends out there, uh, you're not seeing 100%, and it's just not as good. The only difference this year to last year is that there's still going to be activities at Carson Park. The railroad's going to be going. The museum's opened up. I'm sure people will be down there uh, tailgating, and people will be down there uh, taking advantage of the park, the Oakware Express have a game that evening. That's stuff that did not exist last year. But the only thing is you're not going to see the fireworks at Carson Park this year. So uh, the only reason I bring this up again is I, I do think some people, they haven't let it sink in yet that it's not going to happen this year. Uh, again, I'm not overly passionate about that decision. Do I wish they were at Carson Park? Absolutely. Can you strongly make an argument that they should be at Carson Park? Absolutely. But I just don't feel the fire in the belly that it was such an egregious decision from the city council. Uh, I mean, there is some, some sense of hypocrisy in them not having them at Carson Park yet. We've got the event that we'll have the, the Thursday uh, concerts at Phoenix Park, and you got concerts going on in July at the Band Shell as well. And just outside of the city, you've got, of course, uh, Country Jam's going to be held. We've already had uh, Fest was held last weekend. So 
Uh, but I'm just too tired to want to fight the city on <laughs> on the on the fireworks. But hopefully everybody gets a good spot to uh, to witness the fireworks on Sunday night, and then next year, hopefully we've got them back at Carson Park. It is a it is a it is a reminder that we're not totally out of this thing yet. And a reminder, and I keep pointing this out to everybody. Again, I'm not an epidemiologist. I'm not a virologist. I just have a feeling that come the fall, there's going to be one last offensive from COVID. One last offensive. Uh, maybe what we're hearing coming out of Israel is a foreshadowing of what could come. Not doom and gloom by no stretch of the imagination, but maybe it's a foreshadowing. We just got to keep that in mind. Just got to keep that in mind. Be, be smart. Be educated. Because come September, October, November, you may see a rise in cases. We may have to, at least from a personal standpoint, maybe restrictions can't be put back in place. But from a personal standpoint, we might have to be, make some smart decisions. But that's down the road. <clears throat> uh, it's been a good spring for, for various athletic teams in the area. Uh, we know about Memorial Baseball and the State Baseball Tournament. Regis uh, also made the State Baseball Tournament. Regis Baseball fell in the state semifinals, uh, their first trip to the State Baseball Tournament since 2017. So congratulations to the Regis Ramblers. I know up in uh, Chippewa Falls, the Chippewa Falls softball team made the state tournament as well. So... Good springs for these teams, and uh, if you saw any of the video, any of the highlights, any of the photographs, uh, crowds, unencumbered crowds were at these games. Uh, for baseball, they don't necessarily pack the stadium at Appleton, but they get a lot of people. The softball, because there's not a lot of seats, that was all close together. Uh, it's good to see. It's outstanding to see. And a reminder for people out there that, again, if you are vaccinated, the risk is to those who are not vaccinated. That is, that's what it is. The risk is to those who are not vaccinated. We're going to hear more and more coming up in the weeks that these people that are not vaccinated help to spread the various variants. That is true. And that's why people should still get vaccinated. And if you haven't gotten vaccinated yet, don't just say, oh, well, I don't need to get it now. Enough people have gotten it. No, that's not the truth at all. And don't just wait until the fall. Get it now. Get it now. But if you're out and about and you are part of those big crowds, maybe following Chai High, following Regis, following Memorial, or you're going to be in a group of people this weekend, if you're vaccinated, the risk is to anybody in that group that's not vaccinated. Outside the area a bit, uh, but congratulations to Rice Lake's Kenny Bednarik. He's qualifying for the Olympics. He's a sprinter in the Olympics. Uh, you started hearing his name a few years ago. He was a big-time wide receiver for Regis football. Uh, not for Regis football. For Rice Lake football. So you'd hear his name. And then all of a sudden in the spring, his name would pop up because he was in track. And uh, next thing you know, he's going down to a community college in Iowa to, to run track, a, a highly acclaimed athletic community college, by the way, and now he, he, he gets into the Olympic trials, and now he's heading to the Olympics. Think about that. 
Rice Lake is, is an hour and 15 minutes away from downtown Eau Claire. It's not local uh, at all. But, hey, it does give people in our area a rooting interest. Somebody from the the region to root for. It does not happen all that often. So, congratulations to Kenny Bagnarik. It's somebody we can all uh, follow. If you, if you missed the story last week, go back and find it. I'm sure you've seen it by now, but the story of the uh, Princeton Valley Golf Course is a, has a pair of new owners. I think they're a couple. I'm not entirely sure, but it's a, it's a man and a woman. doesn't matter whether they're a couple or not. A uh, couple of people from St. Paul tried to uh, tried to rob them, tried to, tried to burglarize Princeton Valley in the wee hours just before they opened during a day last week, and the new owners fought him off. Good for them. Uh, thwarted burglary attempt. The uh, the people, the, the, the suspects have been apprehended. Uh, court cases are already, charges filed, all that stuff uh, against them. But good for, for, uh, for them thwarting off the burglary attempt. People coming in and trying to, to steal. Uh, you can make arguments if you really want to start getting into the weeds. Well, you know, somebody comes in, tries to rob you. You don't have, you have no idea what they're capable of. Are you work? What I what I look at it is this, because who knows the situation and all that. They they all I know is this: a couple of people that tried to steal from others were denied that opportunity, and that's key. Uh, too much of this goes on. In our world, people trying to steal from other people. And I'm not talking you're at the office and you grab a ream of paper. That's bad enough as it is, and you justify it in your head while you take a little paper from the office or pull a little paper from the office or something like that. That That is by the rule of law and even by society, that is stealing too. Even when you take some pens, that's stealing. But this is this is different. This when, when people are going and flat out trying to steal from a business that they have no association with or anything like that in this manner, or the people that are from overseas that are writing the phishing emails to try to get you to send money to a long-lost relative in, uh, you know, in the, the, the Congo, it is the lowest of the low. It, it, it really is. It is the lowest of the low. Just trying to be, well, you're just, you're just trying to take something that is not earned whatsoever. And when I talk about, by the way, taking paper from the office or something innocuous like that, you could sit there and argue, well, I've earned it because I, I, I work here at the office. You become it. I'm not trying to justify office supply stealing. But I'm saying, though, is this is not the same thing. So I'm very happy that these people got caught, these people in the uh, justice system, and good for the uh, the new owners of Princeton Valley. What is already hard to start up a business, well, the business has been operational, but they've just taken it over as of, of a few months ago. What is already difficult to do, <laughs> the last thing they wanted was extra extra work like that. Saw this story, and it could have been much worse. An Eau Claire man 
attempted to blow up his father's camper after the pair had an argument involving borrowed money. Alex Rose, he's 18 years old, was charged in county court earlier this week with a felony count of second degree recklessly endangering safety, two misdemeanor counts of attempted arson of property, and a misdemeanor count of disorderly conduct. A $5,000 bond was set and uh, for that. Uh, he'll return to court right after July 4th next Tuesday for a preliminary hearing. So why is Alexander Rose in trouble, 18 years old? Well, Eau Claire police were sent to Jayhawk Transport in Eau Claire at the end of May because an explosive device was located near a camper on the property two weeks earlier. So it's not like they just found it then. It had been on the property. They, somebody had found that device two weeks earlier. Cops got involved a couple weeks later. The owner of the business said Rose attempted to blow up his father's camper, which was parked on the property. Rose's father works for Jayhawk Transport as a mechanic, and he occasionally stays in that camper on the property. And now you start wondering, well, geez, they, they tried to blow, they tried to blow them up in mid-May. Cops don't get involved until the end of May. What ended up happening was they used video surveillance. I, I, I think what ended up happening was they found this device, the people that work at Jayhawk Transport, then they tried to do some, some sleuthing themselves and probably already had an inclination as to how it may have gotten there. So they went through video. And it was on video that the father recognized his son's car. So you want to talk about a family squabble. Uh, Rose's father, Rose's father said Rose owes him $400. And they'd recently argued over the money. Rose's father said, said he ended up receiving a text message from his son where his son admitted he was the one who planted the explosive device to try to kill his father and his father's dog. All of this over $400. Uh, the father did not want to pursue criminal charges in connection with the incident, but the owner of the business wanted to pursue the charges because the camper was on his business property. So that is probably why you had that two-week, now that I think about it, that's probably why you had that two-week separation between when, they, when the incident happened and when the police got involved, is that this probably happened Rose's father, the, the father, said, hey, whoa, 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 I, yeah, just, just a kid being a kid, yeah, yeah, he's trying to blow me up and kill me, but just a kid being a kid, and the property owner probably went, well, that's all fine and dandy, but this is on my property, and if he, if the explosion goes off, first off, you know, hey, it's cool that you want to back up your son, I'll do the right thing, though. This this was not a simple. This is not. This goes beyond just a, a family squabble. I'll do the right thing. The kids got to learn. Two, if your camper blew up, it's my property. The camper belonged to me. <laughs> and who knows what other damage might have happened to my property. So good for uh, not not good for anybody there, but interesting story. The, the takeaway out of that story is 
thankfully the explosion, the explosive device didn't go off, or we would have been talking about something completely different. $400. He wanted to kill his father over $400. Robin's Elementary School. We don't really talk elementary schools at this time of the year, but Robin's Elementary School, towards the end of the school year, installed, uh, this story was seen on WEAU television, installed communication boards, what's called communication boards, on their playground. In essence, it's a big picture board that has words on it, too that kids can point to, you know, so if you're trying to communicate with somebody, you can point to that board and, and, and it helps communication. It helps, to, the reason for this is it helps to bridge the language gap and also assist those with any other speech or hearing issues. So if you've got kids that English is a second language in their home, along with those who maybe are a little slower with speech or have had some physical issues with hearing loss or physical speech issues, it helps to bridge the language gap on the playground. And it promotes communication between the kids where otherwise obstacles may prevent potential friendships or at least acquaintanceship. If there's kids in the playground and, and kids have a hard time understanding a certain kid, that certain kid's going to be ostracized. Or better yet, that certain kid maybe doesn't feel comfortable engaging with others because they don't know if they can keep up with the communication. So the language board, the idea of that is to help break down those barriers. Uh, good to see it at Robbins Elementary be honest with you, having been in the school system, that's probably one of the schools that doesn't need it, that needs it the least, to be frank with you. But hey, good that Robbins Elementary uh, got that uh, got that board, so uh, good for them. Uh, it was paid for through, I think it was either the PTA or fundraising from the people at Robbins, so it's not as though the school district bequeathed this to Robbins Elementary, it was it was paid, I think, mostly with outside money. Uh, but it, it's one of those things right there. How much benefit is it going to have? I haven't done enough research. The people that wanted it say it will make a big difference. So I hope it does make a difference and have a benefit and be something that we maybe put up at other places. So good for them uh, with the uh, communication board. Uh, last weekend... Vintage Baseball Festival was held. I want to give a shout out to the Menominee Blue Caps. Uh, Vintage Baseball Festival at Thielen Park in Menominee over last weekend. The Menominee Blue Caps, who play by 1860s baseball rules, they've been in operation for a few years, brought in a bunch of regional teams from Minnesota and Wisconsin and had fun. Uh, our Dustin Dubuque, who heads up our downtown Menom podcast, is very active in the Menominee Blue Caps. So good to see that. And then lastly today, you're going to say, geez, this is a topic that could have let off the show. Uh, how is hiring going in the area? I'm intrigued to see how hiring is going in the area for a variety of jobs. We all see the signs up. But you're also, this is something that I want, it's not going to happen here. But you wonder if this is, we're starting to see in other parts of the country that 
the hiring issues will start to correct themselves as certain things expire in a few, in a couple months. Let me explain. You're seeing some reports that areas where states have discontinued taking the additional federal unemployment benefit, that it has pushed people back into jobs. You're seeing that in some of the other states that have eliminated the federal benefit on top of state benefits for the unemployment. Now, there was talk of doing it in Wisconsin, and but that's that hasn't happened, nor is it going to happen. The Republican legislator voted to end the additional federal benefits for those that are out of work. But Tony Evers, either he did veto it or he's been slow rolling it, but he's he's, he's not going to. No, it's, it's not going to happen here in Wisconsin. But I am intrigued by that. You look at other parts of the country where they have pulled the extra money. If you're unemployed, that has gone up, that's increased the amount of people applying for jobs. So again, I wonder how things are going in our area where there is still the additional federal uh, benefit right now. And you, you wonder, and there's a number of reasons why some people have not gotten back into the workforce and all of that. And I've also heard stories of people, teenagers who have who have gone and applied for jobs and have not heard back from places that too is an issue and the teenagers are not you know they're, they're teenagers they're as reliable as teenagers would be they don't have anything on their their track record that would be a red flag or anything like that and and there it's so yeah it's just sort of an open-ended question how is hiring going in the area and I do wonder over the next several weeks and months how that will play out. We're hearing some people that start saying, well, hiring is always going to be an issue now because people are, 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 are this and that and all that. I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just looking at it in the here and now at the moment. Well, again, we've got a fun, fun Independence Day weekend coming up. Hope everybody else does as well. No shows next week. We're back with you in a couple of weeks. We'll see what's popped up uh, between now and then. On behalf of everyone who made this podcast possible, I'm Scott Montesano saying there's a great big beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day. Make sure to take advantage of it. And until next time, so long, everybody.